Welcome to the Covenant Life Center podcast. Our goal is that this message builds your faith and gives you hope. Enjoy the message. Ecclesiastes chapter 4 verses 9 through 12. Thank you for standing. Thank you for worshiping. Thank you for being a part of this assembly today. Proverbs, um, Ecclesiastes chapter 4 verse 9 through 12. The scripture says, two are better than one because they have a good reward for their labor. If they fall, one will lift up his companion. But woe to him or her who is alone when he or she falls, for he or she has no one to help them up. Again, if two lie down together, they keep warm. But how can one be warm alone? Though one may be overpowered by another, not speaking of the one that they partner with, but if you're overpowered by someone else outside your circle, two can withstand him, and a threefold cord is not easily broken. Two can withstand him. But then he, the scripture throws in this third person and says a threefold cord can't be broken. I believe the third party is God himself. We're going to conclude this series with probably one of the most significant secrets to warfare and to succeeding and prospering. If you get this principle down, your life will change. Your, your family will change. Your, your business will change. Everything will change. You will begin to see God move in areas you've been trying so hard to do it and pray through on your own. It doesn't happen that way. God has given us a principle, and I'm fixing to show you today and expound on it a little bit more. Today, we're going to be talking about the blessings of partnerships, the blessings of having partners. There is something so significant about two or three coming together are two agreeing and touching one thing. God is going to do something great in your life, and today you're going to get another thing, and you're, you're going to get another weapon in your arsenal, and you're going to be able to step out of this church today empowered, encouraged, influenced to see God do something great in your life. Are you ready for it? I'm ready for it. Now you bless the service today. Come on, lift up your hands. Ask God to anoint it. Ask God to touch your heart. Ask the Lord to just clear your hearing. Clear your hearing. Father, in the name of Jesus, we speak, God, we speak every interruption, Father, and the Spirit to be gone. We speak, God, that the atmosphere will be conducive to the Spirit of God, that the Word would have its free reign in this building, that there would be no distractions, that there would be no negative thoughts and influences in our mind, that we are going to give you good ground for the Word to be sown today, and we are not going to walk out of here and have the devil steal it. We are not going to walk out of here and have the cares of this life and the world choke it. We're going to walk out of here, and we're going to see him come forth come forth 30 60 and 100 fold today in jesus name we pray somebody say amen turn to somebody and tell them you got to find the right people in your life if you're going to be blessed god bless you you can be seated this sunday morning I believe this portion of scripture is actually referring to marriage and finding the right partner, but it can really be applied to the right people in general, having the right relationships in your life. Um, when you look at this, having the right people in your life is so important to advancing in the kingdom of God. I heard someone say this one time, if you ever see a turtle on a post, it didn't get there on its own. <laughs> Pretty evident. The arms are too short. I think and I know that's what God does for us most of the time. He puts us in places that we were incapable of getting to or going to. 
we don't recognize sometimes the unseen hand of God, the, the, the favor of God, the, the power of God, the protection of God. We need to recognize that when God begins to work in your life, you may not be able to see everything that goes on behind the scenes. But I promise you, if you have a prayer life, if you're consistent with God, heaven is doing business behind the scenes. Much like Daniel. Daniel ended up in a position that it was evident God put him there. Joseph. Joseph was put in a position that it was evident God gave him favor to be there because, let's think about this. He was put in a pit, sold into slavery, accused of being an adulterer, and then put into prison. How did he end up up there? God put him there. When we recognize that some of the things in our life is because God put us there, then we've learned how to develop a trust, a dependency on God, not anything else. And in spiritual warfare, the most important thing to recognize is, is that God can and God will. God can, God will. And let me add this, God wants to. God wants to. The scripture says, it is your father's good pleasure to give us the kingdom, the kingdom of God. And so when you read the scripture, you recognize that there are certain people that, who could not accomplish the will of God in their life except they had the right relationships. My pastors have told me this, this before, that life moves at the speed of relationships. That, that's how successful businesses happen. The finances are transferred from one person to another because you're providing a service. Or learn, you've learned how to, uh, for all of our business people, the key to your business is finding how to solve problems. If you can figure out how to solve a good problem, then people will call you for that service if they have the problem. And so there's exchanges that are being made. But it's the right people that God sends into your life. Life moves at the speed of relationships, opportunities, networks. But when you're in the battle and you're going through problems or, or you have opposition, and, and let me remind you, whether or not you decide to get in and enlist into the battle, you're still in the battle. You're just still in the battle. Whether you recognize it or not, if you have no opposition, if hell doesn't mess with you, it's probably because you're not messing with them. But the moment you become free and want to break out of the mold and get loose from darkness and get out of prison is the moment that you'll start to see a little bit of repercussion. But let me remind you that when Jesus saves you, he delivers you, he sets you on a high place. We are seated with him in heavenly places in Christ Jesus, far above all principality, power, dominion, and might. Only God can put you there. Only God can put you there. I want to read you something. Matthew chapter 18, verse 20 says this. Because in this scripture, we hear about a threefold cord. A, a, a threefold cord is not easily broken. Matthew chapter 18, verse 20 says, For two or three are gathered together in my name. I am. Someone say, I am. I am there in the midst of them. I am right there in the middle. When two or three get together in my name, meaning that when they find the same purpose, then I am there with them because they're representing me. The secret to being uh, living in a good offense and being uh, forward in faith is having purpose, knowing your purpose. You're always going to experience failure. We're all going to fail. We're all going to fall. We're all going to make mistakes, right? How many of you already messed up this morning before you got to church? Anybody? Made a mistake already. Can I encourage you right now? Get over it. God's blood is sufficient. His grace is sufficient. His mercy is enduring forever, and he loves you so much, and he's not going to hold anything against you. The only thing in your life that can't be forgiven is the thing you don't confess to him. 
And if you're going to fall, fall forward. Fall forward. But, but listen to Matthew chapter 18. Again, I say to you that if two of you agree, someone say agree. If two of you agree on earth concerning anything that they ask, it will be done for them by my Father in where? In heaven. There's the key right there. Before it's done on the earth, it first has to be done in the unseen. What you can't see in heaven. There are different dimensions of heaven. The first one, I believe, is the one that God created when he said there was going to be a firmament between the heavens, a place between the sky and the earth where the birds fly and things exist that God created. And then there's the second heaven where, where there is an angelic realm and there's, there's a, spiritual, a spirit warfare going on and there's advancement in God's kingdom. But then there's the third level of, of the heaven that Paul talked about and said that when he went to that place, he got direct revelation, understanding where Jesus is and where Jesus is sit, seated on the right hand of the Father. And, and that is the place that when you have been born again, that you are automatically in your spirit connected to him. And if you'll get a different perspective and recognize that you need to pray from a heavenly perspective, perspective not an earthly one. We don't pray and we don't seek God from an earthly perspective. You're not, you know, you are, you, yeah, you may have been raised in this world, but you're not from this world, folks. Let's get the reality of this whole thing when it comes to us being children and the citizens of God's kingdom. We are the children of the Most High God that were born again of the water and of the Spirit that have been purchased by His blood. You have His name in your life. Therefore, you are royalty in the eyes of God, and you're part of His family. So, so your spirit is connected to His you belong to him, therefore, in the eyes of God, you are up here. You're up here. And so you need to stay there. So we're going to be talking about prayer partners today. We're going to be talking about the reason why Jesus sent his disciples out in twos. Luke chapter 9, verses 1 through 3. Then he called his disciples together and gave them power and authority over all devils. Someone say all devils. He gave them power and authority over all devils. And listen, and to cure diseases. And to cure diseases. Now, and he sent them to preach the kingdom of God and to heal the sick. And he said to them, take nothing for your journey neither staves, nor script, nor bread, nor neither money, neither have two coats apiece. Don't take anything. He said this repeatedly in other portions of scriptures as well. He said it also in Luke chapter 10. He said the same thing to them. He partnered them up with the right person. Right here, listen to what it says. He also sent 70. So after these things, the Lord appointed other 70 also, sent them two and two. Before, listen to this, two and two, he faced uh, into every city in place, whether he himself would come. Himself would come. Therefore, said he unto them, the harvest truly is great, but the laborers are few. Pray ye therefore that the Lord of the harvest, pray ye therefore, he said unto them, the harvest truly is great, but the laborers are few. Pray ye therefore the Lord of the harvest that he would send forth laborers into the harvest. Go your way. Behold, I send you as lambs among wolves. Carry neither purse nor script nor chanclas, and salute no man by the way. Don't take anything. What in the world? 
You know what's so significant about this? Even, even Mark said it, Mark chapter 6, verse 7 and 9, he said it like this. Listen to this. He said, and he called unto them the twelve and began to send them forth two by two and two and gave them power over unclean spirits and commanded them, listen to this, he commanded them to take nothing for the journey save a staff only, no script, no bread, no money in their purse, not even shod with sandals, not put on two coats, just one. If you look really closely at this, when he commanded them, don't take anything else, this was part of the training he had to allow them to go through. They had to learn how to be dependent on God for their food, for their money, for their places to live, the house where they can lay their head. Even at one point, Jesus told someone that foxes have holes, birds of the air have nests, but the Son of Man hath no place to lay his head. Even Jesus was dependent on the Father. The point is, is that the one thing he made sure that they weren't without was, was a good partner. The one thing Jesus made sure that they had was a partner in ministry. Someone to pray with them. Someone to agree with them. Someone who had the same value. Someone who was going to find them in a bad place and would help get them out. Someone who won't allow you to, allow that person, allow themselves to become stagnant, become comfortable, not do anything. I found that the most important people in your life are the ones that challenge you. The, one, the, the people who really care about you are going to make sure that you become a better person in your life. You want to surround yourself with the right people. Jesus thought that was so important. Not only would they learn to trust him, but they're going to learn how to trust him together. But he gave promises with this. He gave some keys to the kingdom with this. And he said, if two of you agree in touching one thing or doing one thing, I'm going to do it. Not only would they learn how to trust him, they would learn, and they had no choice, but they would have to learn how to get along. Learn how to get along. They may not have liked each other, but they were going to have to love each other. I tell people all the time, you may not like me, but if you want to go to heaven, you got to love me. <laughs> there is nothing worse than being in an argument with your spouse when you're in the middle of the battle. Is this too transparent? Oh, you don't argue? Oh, you have intense fellowship? <laughs> I know all the word lingo. I know all the lingos. I know all the jargon, excuse me. Someone say trust. Not only do you have to trust God, you have to trust your prayer partner. If you don't have a prayer partner, you need to find a prayer partner, whether you are married or are single and if you are married that number one prayer partner should always be your spouse yeah. for all of our married couples your spouse is the only one in your life who loves you pretty close to jesus's love not exactly but pretty close i'll tell you sometimes it, i know my wife has to has jesus to love me I mean, I just know. Some of you husbands don't look at me all strange. It's the same thing for you. I, I know. I know. How many of you are thankful for a good wife, a long-suffering wife, a loving wife? Well, how many of you wives are thankful for loving husbands, long-suffering husbands? And I'm going to tell you something. My wife and I, I'm going to be very transparent with you because I think pastors have tried to to present themselves as, as being the perfect model that they've, they've raised the expectations too high and people feel like they can't overcome or reach and get to a place 
Pastors are just as human as, as you are. God anoints us, God calls us, God speaks to us, and we follow, but yet we still have the same issues you have. And I'm going to tell you one thing we've learned in our house. It took us time to figure this out, but we learned it pretty quick that, you know, being in this position here to be responsible to lead others to Jesus and disciple and teach and feed, uh, we can't allow one minute to go by with anger, resentment, and unforgiveness in our life. It just doesn't work. Can't happen. We, I will not go to bed if I'm in disagreement with my wife or we have odds against each other for some stupid reason. I mean, sometimes it's the dumbest things, right? I mean, you know, I mean, how many of you married couples realize that sometimes you, you've gotten into arguments or disagreements on something that was so ridiculous afterwards, you kind of like, you know, that was just so dumb. That was just so dumb. Husbands, let me help you with that a little bit. Anytime she asks you how she looks at it, you look wonderful. Beautiful. It's perfect. You're right. Wives, again. Uh. Before I go to bed, I want to make sure. I know everything's right with me and Jesus, but if not, I make it right first. But the second most important person in my life is the person I'm closest to, which is my wife. Because the scripture says when you mistreat your wife, your prayers can be hindered. And if your prayers are hindered, you are in a lot of trouble. I may have to borrow those flowers this week, so <laughs> save me some money. It's just, I mean, it, it doesn't hurt to go overboard and make that right. But I'm going to tell you something. This is why hell will attack marriages so strong because it's trying to get rid of your perfect best prayer partner that God's given you. Your prayer partner is going to be the person closest to you. It's very important to find this. In fact, listen to this, Proverbs 18 and 22. This is not a marriage uh, sermon, but this is part of it because I'm going to build up even further. But listen to Proverbs 18 and 22. It says, he who finds a wife finds a what? A good thing. Husband, look at your wife and tell her you're a good thing, baby. But listen to this. Listen to this. And obtains favor from the Lord. Somebody shout hallelujah. Man, I'm going to tell you right now. When you've found the right person in your life and God's favor begins to come in and flow, it's a different world. There are times that I can tell you specifically that my wife and I, when we pray together, things happen. God does miracles. God begins to move. Hell is pushed back because there, where there is unity, God commands the blessing. And that principle that God gave us the promise that said, if anybody, if two of you agree in touching one thing, it shall be done, it happens. It happens. Failure, favor, failure, favor follows a good partnership. Now, now let's go beyond marriage. Let's talk about the single people. Let's talk about friends. Let's talk about relationships, even if you are married. Because I'm going to tell you that the person you allow to come into your life can either make you or break you. They can bring you up or bring you down. It will happen. I mean, listen, you can be friends with everyone, folks. I think, I think as a believer, we need to love everyone. I think that's just bottom line. That's what we're called to do, right? By this, Jesus said, all men will know you're my disciples because you have loved one for another. So in the church, you need to be friendly. You need to forgive and not be offended. You got to protect the church. When people come, the last thing they want to hear is after service around the lunch table, oh, my God, did you see Pastor Bobby? He didn't even say hi to me probably because he's losing weight. Say it, man. Uh. (laughs) 
You ever feel like you lose one pound, you're like, oh, my God, I feel better already. Look, listen, let, let's, agree to, let's agree to disagree right now. We're not always going to get along, but let's agree on one thing. We're not going to let hell mess up a good thing that God has going on for us, right? God has a purpose for us. God has a plan for us. This is a safe place. You'll grow here. I promise you that. If you're consistent here, you'll grow. We give every opportunity for you to grow here in this church. Monday through Saturdays, the church is open 6 o'clock to 7.30. Somebody say praise God. Wednesdays, we have refreshed services, and you get to hear some great services, great sermons uh, with substance. I think our ministry team does a great job, don't you? I think they do a wonderful job. Sundays, we want to teach you, enrich you, and, and, and impart some things into you, but, but at the end of the day, your church family means everything because that's your spiritual side of your life. Uh, and if you have no friends, don't rush off so fast. I don't have no friends. Nobody's friendly. No, 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 no. That's not why. The scripture says, he who has friends must show themselves what? Friendly. But this is a safe place. If you're single, there is somebody here that you can agree with, that will pray with you. They'll meet you in the mornings. They'll be here with you. Listen, having the right people in your life is so significant. You have to have quality control with the people you allow into your life. I believe we need to be friends with everyone, okay? I believe that as a Christian, you need to love everybody, be respectful to everyone. But at the same token, at the same note, on a different note, you cannot allow everyone into certain levels in your personal life. Can't do it, guys. I'm going to tell you why. Not everyone has the same values you have. Not everyone has the same belief that you have. Not everyone, listen, nowadays when they call it faith-based, there's a lot of institutions that are, that are being raised in America called faith-based programs and schools and, and whatever else is out there. Um, th that word faith-based has watered down the, the belief system and bringing people together that do not have the same values. I am very sorry if this offends you. If you're watching online and you think, okay, um, that sounds like a great church, but let me, just, let me help you a little bit understand who we are. Our God is Jesus Christ and nobody else. Really, we believe that Jesus is the way, the truth, and the life. That, sound may, that may sound dogmatic, but that's not what I'm saying. That's what the scripture has said. That's what I believe. And I don't believe that just because a man or a woman, whoever it may be, has died and, and, and left a good thought, theory, and doctrine behind, um, you, you need to follow them. My God came in this world, turned it upside down, went into a grave, came back out, and now he rose again and sits up on high. My God is not in the grave anymore. And there is a big difference between my, my God's principles, the values that I hold, and the rest of the world's faith. For example, I've told you this during this series a number of times. I feel like I have to tell you again Satanic churches are rising in America very, very rapidly. And they consider satanic beliefs faith-based. So when you get into a place where you start recognizing, well, as long as you have faith in God, then everything, then we're just alike. No, you're not just alike. You can't just jump on board with everyone who has faith. As a believer, I'm just being very honest with you. I'm being a pastor right now to protect you and help you understand that you need to teach this to your children because they're the ones under, uh, they're the ones right now that are being targeted. Your children right now are being trained that there is no distinct difference between Christianity and every other religion. But I am sorry. 
there is. Jesus is the difference. And he wasn't just a prophet. He was God manifested in human flesh. He was the Lamb of God that gave his body, that gave his blood to rid and remission of my sins, to get rid of what I've done wrong. He was good, but yet was treated as bad. And he was wounded for my transgressions. He was bruised for my iniquity. And the chastisement of my peace was upon him. And with his stripes, I received my healing. There is a difference. And when you find that right person in your life, then you will begin to see a difference in your world. So, number one, we need to find out who's who. The question I have for many people is, how do I find the right person? How do I know? Number one, if you're married, your spouse is the right person. You're going to have to work. I'm going to encourage every married couple here. I'm going to tell you right now, your life will change the moment you start praying together. I, I said this in a, a little in the video for our church family yesterday and and to kind of give you a heads up my wife and i didn't learn how to pray together overnight i'm really an introvert i don't know what happens when i step up here i like turn into a different person like the anointing and i don't know what it is really i know it's the anointing you know when i was in the world i probably shouldn't go here i'm gonna go here anyways when i was in the world and i didn't know jesus i get a few in me now don't get offended and I would get up on a table, and I would start making everybody laugh. I don't know what happened. But when God filled me with the Holy Ghost, he put me up here, and here we are. The anointing makes all the difference in the world. The Spirit of God will change you. But things didn't really begin to happen until I learned how to build a strong relationship with my spouse. I would rather pray alone. I would rather find my own little corner and pray and just let it go and let it rip. But then I realized if I grow and my wife doesn't grow with me, what good is it? That means she's going to be susceptible to certain things, and I'm going to feel like, okay, I'm the one that's carrying all the weight. That's not the way it is. The truth is, your wife, together with you, will help you out and lift burdens off your life that you've been carrying all by yourself. The Holy Ghost, the Spirit of God, will lift your burdens for you and forgive you. Get rid of the main things that weigh you down. But God meant for you to be in partnership with someone and be in covenant with someone because he ordained the principle of two. He sent out the disciples by two. There are many couples in the scripture, partner, ministry partners that had a powerful move of God and things would happen. So we started praying that way. We started praying together. We pray together every single morning. And I'm going to tell you, it works. It works. So here's how you find the right person. Number one, do you share the same values? Again, you can have as many friends. I believe you need to have as many friends as you need to have and show yourself friendly, but there's only certain people that you, have, you can't allow everyone to come into your life. You only can allow certain people into a certain area of your life because if not, and if you allow everyone to come in, they're going to be making your decisions for you. They're going to change your belief system. They're going to... You know, right now, the church is going through so much persecution because they're taking a stand for Jesus. I, I appreciate everything that's going on in, in the entertainment world. I, I celebrate. I don't care if you agree with this or not, but I thank God for God moving on people like Kanye West and, and Justin Bieber and those guys. I don't listen to their music. I haven't really heard the whole album. I've heard a few things. I'm kind of like, well, but praise God anyways, right? I don't, I don't know, whatever. I just, I, I'm thankful for it. But, but the truth is, is that these people are standing out in front of the whole world saying, I love Jesus. I don't know if they love him like I love him or whatever. They love him the way they love him. But the fact is, at least they're taking a stand. The question is, have you taken one lately? Have we taken one lately? 
You know why most of us don't? It's because we're afraid to not fit in. You don't have to be rude and abrupt and be weird about it. Because it's not what you say, but it's what you do. And it's what you don't do sometimes. So when you find the right people in your life, you've got to ask yourself, do they share, share the same values? What's important to them? The values of this church we have in this church are, have been intentional. We're intentional on in our values. Families of value, prayers of value, worships of value, discipleships of value, and giving is a value. We value all of these things because that's what we live life by. We don't live life by a vision. I know that's different from what you've learned in leadership. And the, the scripture says if without a vision, people perish. But without values and character and principle to live by, you'll never reach the vision. You'll never sustain long enough. Values are the key. So you have to ask yourself about the person. And husbands and wives, I have to tell you, you must be on the same page when it comes to your belief system in God. A house divided cannot stand. A house divided cannot stand. If you choose to live life in disagreement and not talk this thing out or get counseling and understand what you believe, you'll never begin to prosper to your full potential because you must be in agreement and you must have the same convictions you must share the same values you have to value family you must value god you must value prayer you must value bible reading you must value love you must value the kingdom of god find your values and the question is if you'll take note of this make a note to yourself right now what are my values? Adopt our values. Go to our website. I just mentioned them. Do you even have values? You'll live life by values. And if you get connected to someone who doesn't share the same values, let me show you what would happen. Come here, brother. Let me show you what would happen. Man, you're a big guy. Go that way. Pull me that way. I'm going to go this way. Pull that way. You want to go that way? Okay, I'm going to go this way. Why you want to go that way? You want to go that way? Yeah. Okay, I'm going to go this way. You go that way? Yeah. Chick-fil-A, Popeye's, whatever. Number one with the lemonade? Number one? No. Number two. Thank you, man. You'll be pulling against each other's will. You finally get to a place everything seems right. But when it gets down to it and you start getting intimate in your conversation, you're going to realize, hold on a second, we don't believe the same thing. And then what we do is make an excuse and say, oh, we just got to love them. And, and uh, well, that's okay. We'll believe anyway. That's great. That relationship has a place in your life. That relationship has a place. Don't get rid of the relationship. That relationship has a place. But not in this place. The second thing is this. Do you have the same assignment? Do you have the same assignment, the same purpose in your life? Do you have a clear understanding of what your assignment is? I know my assignment now. I didn't know my assignment when I was 18 years old. I didn't know my assignment even when I was 25. I started to realize my assignment was when I was in my 30s. Now, I realize what I was meant to do, and I've sold out to the cause. But my wife and I have completely agreed that we're going to do the will of God. We're going to stay focused every day on that one thing we've been called to do. And if we can do that one thing right, we don't have, everything else will fall into place. Thank you for the golf clap. That's really, it's true. So many people have so many ideas of what they want to do, they become scatterbrained, and they put their energy in all these different places, and they have a shotgun approach to life. A shotgun approach, and I've said this a hundred times here, but, but again, the shotgun approach 
is whenever you shoot a shot a shotgun in the sh in the in the pellets that are in there, all that impact that comes from that powder it dispersed itself out. But if you get a focused, intentional and in, in, intentional uh, purpose in your life, then you get what I call a rifle effect, where now everything, the power and the energy is behind one thing. It will go further, it'll penetrate harder, and it will always hit the target. It goes further. We waste so much time connecting with the wrong people who don't have the same heart that we've got. We can waste so much time getting the wrong people on our bus. If you're a business owner, here's the biggest challenge you really face in your business when it comes to employees. If you're a boss, here's the challenge you have. You'll get people that are competent but have no heart for what you're doing. Anybody can be competent. You can teach anybody to do anything. What you can't do is get them to believe in the assignment that you have and let their whole heart be in it. They'll be with you for a little while, but eventually they'll have their own agenda and their own desire, and they'll find their own assignment. It's easy to find your assignment when you're a Bible believer because you'll find it in the Word of God. Number one, what we've realized is when it comes to our assignment is we've been called to make Jesus king and to expand the kingdom, and we've been called to see heaven invade earth by miracles, signs, wonders, deliverance, discipleship, and loving people, and through our giving of the three T's, time, talent, and treasure. I get it now. And ever since we made up our mind to follow that, God has begun to bless us because now we're in alignment with him. So you have, a, you, you have a similar assignment, but you have a different responsibility. There are certain people in this church that God wants to raise you up as a king. We're the priest of the house. Understand the, do you understand a kings and priests concept? Have, I'm going to teach it here for you all one day and help you understand. Kings and priests were meant to work together. Because kings are the provisionaries, priests are the visionaries. So visionaries need kings to make the vision happen. That's why some of you are financially blessed to give, but you have to learn how to give in the right places that concern your assignment. When you are right with your assignment and sowing into the right place, then you've just tied into the purpose of God and the purpose God has for you, and then you begin to expand and grow because you found your assignment. The kingdom of God should always come first. You'll put that together later, but you understand what I'm trying to tell you. Kings and priests work together. Kings and priests were meant to work together in the kingdom. That ought to be good news for, for some of you. Some of you have the ability to teach, to serve, and God's put a priestly anointing on you, and you're in ministry. I, I'm, I'm thankful. I'm surrounded by a lot of priests, but I'm praying God raise up the kings. Raise up the people who don't feel they're significant. Some people, you know, they can't teach a dog how to sit. That's all right. That's all right. Maybe you're not good and eloquent with words. That's okay. Maybe you're not meant for Sunday school. Maybe you're not meant to do whatever, but you know how to make money, and you know how to profit in business, and you know how to operate and function a company, and you know how to minister to people in that marketplace ministry. It could be that God wants to raise you up as a king to build the kingdom. I prophesy over you right now, and I declare that there are going to be millionaires come out of this church. If you ever catch this concept, if you ever catch this concept and break the fear and get rid of what hell is trying to tell you to do, everything hell is trying to tell you to do financially is the opposite of God wants, what God wants you to do. But if you'll grab a hold of this and understand, put your heart, mind, and soul into this, others have talents and abilities that God will anoint. And God wants to take you to another level. 
the challenge that people have that have talent, was teaching, music, whatever it might be, the problem they have is that they don't sit long enough in a church to be discipled and get connected to the right leadership. They will take every opportunity that's presented to them and bypass the process and not let God develop them. And they'll never end up on the top of a post. Of a post. Only God can put you there. Don't allow anybody to take advantage of your talent. And can I give you an indication of somebody who, 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 who wants to, you know, who wants to just, they really don't, I'm just going to tell you how, how it is sometimes. Can I just be honest with you? You're good at something. Beware of people that come up and say, oh, you're so good at that. Oh, my God, you're the best. You're just so good. I don't think I've heard anybody play or do what you do. I call that ego entanglements. Be careful. When people start putting sugar on you, that means they're fixing to eat you. <laughs> There's a big difference, though, when somebody comes up to you and says, you know what, you're blessed. Thank, I thank God for you. I thank God for you, man. You're doing great. Wonderful job. And you walk with humility, and you thank God for it. But when somebody comes and starts stroking your ego, you're so good. You know what? I know a band. Oh, I know a pastor that will use you. Listen, can I be honest with you here? If you've got a calling in your life, let me tell you how it works here. Can I tell you how it works here? Let's bust the bubbles right now. Let's just hit the elephant right between the eyes. Let's just do it right now. You ready? How do I get started in ministry at this church, Pastor Bobby? What do I got to do? I have so much to offer. Sign up for the Connection Point classes like everyone else. Get involved and serve like everyone else. Get a prayer life like everybody else. And God will elevate and promote you like he does everyone else in the Bible and did for everyone else. And then God will promote you and God will spotlight you and the opportunity will come. Trust me, God is faithful but you can't bypass the process. So please don't come up to me and hand me a card and say, I'm pastor, I'm minister so-and-so, this is what I can do, blah, 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 blah. I'm going to take your card. I'm going to be honest with you. You ready? Don't get offended at me. I'm going to take your card. I'm going to throw it in the trash, and I'm going to say, Lord Jesus, let them get connected to church and be faithful. God, is that harsh? The things you say under the anointing, man, I'm telling you, I'm going to be at home later on today. I'm going to go, oh, my God, I can't believe I said that. <laughs> the anointing. Got to be the anointing. Let's move on. Number three, can you agree? How do you find the right person? Can you agree? Somebody in the relationship is going to have to give up their ego and just become the bigger person when it comes to marriage. Now, when it comes to friendships, you got to recognize, can you agree? Like, if you're going to pray and say, I believe God can heal and do a miracle, and somebody else comes around and says, oh, they need to go to Organic Emporium. And that's a great place. I love going there. Well, God can do both, but you're going to have to agree at some point. You know what? We need God to bless us. We, we need to pay our tithes. You know what? Don't tithe. Just tip. Don't. Just keep looking forward. No. Pastor Bobby didn't do a good job, and they didn't sing my song. <laughs> right? Right? <laughs> they didn't sing my song. It's too loud there, man. Earplugs are right in the beginning when you walk into the church. Some earplugs right over there. Make up your mind. Come into agreement. There's power in agreement. Can you agree with that person? Do you have the same faith, the same values? Husbands and wife have to agree that God can, God will, and God wants to. You have to agree. Repeat this after me. God can. God will. And he wants to. Yeah. 
what? Anything you ask or think. Anything that lines up with his will. You want your family to come together. You want hell to stop messing with your kids. Then you both have to come into agreement. And you both have to understand you share the value of family and family being together. And you have the same assignment. Your assignment is to seek and save them that are lost. And you have to agree that God will send angels and that God will do a miracle. And God will work on their hearts. And God will do something. I'm telling you, there's power in agreement. And the last one is this. Are they a burden? This is a tough one. I wrestled with this one. I didn't know if I should have put it up there or if I should have put it up there or not, but I did because, listen, when you are a burden, when you come to somebody and you get together with friends, there are certain people that when you leave their presence, you, only, you feel worse than you did before. You feel drained. Yeah. Uh, don't look around, but I'm just telling you, and I know they're not here. No one, no one in this church is like that. I, I get it. I'm not picking on anybody. I, I recognize that. But you got to recognize something in your own life. That, that's why if, if your spouse is struggling, can I tell you that if you'll focus on getting them up, you're only, it's literally you're getting yourself up too. And if you'll agree to help each other out, when one is down, the other one needs to be up. And when one is up, the other one, you know, you understand, help the other one up. I mean, you understand what I'm saying, right? Both have to agree. But if you're constantly being negative, I'm going to tell you, sometimes my wife will tell me, baby, it's going to be all right. Don't be upset because I get upset. Oh, you don't get upset? Excuse me. Anybody get upset in this place? Anybody ever get frustrated? Anybody ever feel like, okay, this is it. I'm, it's done. I'm over with it. And it's like God says, Go ahead, tonto. <laughs> you know that's funny. <laughs> Go ahead. It's like God doesn't even try to stop you, right? And you're like in your mind thinking, Lord, just please let there be lightning strike like around me. Let Speak to me. Let me know everything's going to be okay. God has already spoke to you. He's already given you the word. He already sent his only begotten son into the world and gave his life for you. God wants you to learn how to trust him. <laughs> oh, man, you're going to have to make up your mind that I'm not going to be a burden. I'm going to be a person of faith. I'm going to speak faith. I'm not going to let negative words come out of my mouth. I'm going to be an encourager, not a discourager. I'm going to be somebody that gives faith and not fear, that's going to give faith and not worry, faith and not doubt. No matter how you feel, you must speak the opposite if it's negative. Because you're a child of God and you're made in the image of God and whatever comes out of your mouth will begin to form your world. Your world will be formed by the power of your words. Life and death is in the power of the what? Right here. Are you kidding me? That little muscle? Yeah, read James, the book of James. James tells you that this Hell can use it to set things ablaze on fire and destroy everything. But when the Holy Ghost gets a hold of your heart, it's got a hold of your tongue. And when you start to speak the word of God and you start speaking over things that weigh you down and you start speaking over your spouse that feels burdened and overwhelmed. Yes, husbands, I believe this with all of my heart. I believe this with all of my heart that you ought to have the ability to minister to your spouse and lay hands on them before you pray for anybody else. I'm going to tell you something. There are times when I felt like I woke my wife up at five, 3 o'clock in the morning. One time I woke her up and God spoke to me and had me prophesy over her. I made her get out of bed. I said, baby, let's go. That don't happen no more, but I'll wait till she's awake now. <laughs> C- 
God uses us in the gifts in this church, but before any gift, I promise you this, any gift before it's ever used in here and exercised here, it's first exercised in my family. <laughs> my poor family. Now I've got some, some future sons, a future son-in-law coming in. He's a, he's a good guy. I like, I like CJ. I had a talk with CJ just recently, and I said, son, if you're going to be part of this family, you've got to be at this church every morning. Got to take the good with the bad, son. The bad with the good. So I never heard one thing out of his mouth to say, I ain't doing that. Boy, he must love you, Haley. <laughs> I told you, man, you don't want to be related to us. The reason why we train them up that way, don't, uh, and they're old, old, older than, you know, 18 years old, but I'm going to tell you something. I have a responsibility as a dad, as a pastor. You see, I've learned that if you wake up early enough and beat the devil to it, he can't have a hold of your day. <laughs> and the short period of time we've been coming every single morning, we have seen miracles happen in our family. Y'all say Amen. You've seen some things happen, and God provide, God move, and God do certain things that will never leave our family. That's our legacy. We are God seekers first. We're not devil chasers. We're God chasers. We're not worried about having a good defense. We play a good offense. How about them Astros? That's for you, boy. Listen, let me tell you something. Let me tell you something. If you don't give up, you'll win. You're on the winning side. God is on your side. You'll always win because he never loses. He never loses. Uh, we got to move on. I got to move on. Point number two, having the right partner brings blessings. Having the right partner brings blessings. Okay, girls, go ahead and throw up all of them at once. Here's what we know. In the scripture, Abraham had Sarah. Now, they made mistakes. But let me tell you what happened after that mistake. That mistake was called Hagar. Abraham made the wrong choice, had a baby with the wrong woman, but it was because Sarah encouraged him. Okay, they made a mistake. Not every partner that you have, not every marriage is perfect, but you learn from your mistakes. But let me talk about this woman called Sarah. Sarah, after the baby was born after the child Ishmael was born. Sarah kicked her out of the house real quick. I mean, she said, I'm not having it in my home. We made a mistake. We learned from it. But from this point on, that doesn't mean I have to live with it. Hello? It doesn't mean I have to live with it. And so, when you find the right partner, the right partner will sometimes help you make tough decisions that are for your good. Ruth had Naomi. Ruth had Naomi. Ruth didn't know what to do. I mean, the story was about Ruth. But if it wasn't for Naomi, she would have never met her Boaz. I mean, listen, guys. She walked into a city in a town where she was a foreigner, but because her mama knew the tradition and the culture, and because her mother-in-law served a mighty God, she made a commitment from the beginning, and they shared the same values. They had the same assignment. You know what that assignment was? To find a good man. <laughs> Nothing wrong with that. I mean, we pray for our kids since they were little. God send the right person in their life, and if doofus comes around, God kick him to the curb. You bet. Heck yeah. No messing around here. We're picky. You need to be picky too. Thank you. There, there, is, there is something to be said about Naomi. Naomi told Ruth, okay, Ruth, mira, here's what you're going to do. You wake up, little perfume, little fufu, and go in there. You're going to go behind the people, get your harvest. Don't get too close because you know how guys are. <laughs> Be a lady. 
Uh, let's just be honest. If, if Naomi was any kind of another woman, she would have taught Ruth how to be a cochina, and then all, it would have never worked. <laughs> is that a bad word? I don't know if it is or not. I don't know Spanish very well, so you have to forgive me. <laughs> but Ruth did it right. She honored God. Some of you are thinking to yourself, I ain't never going back to that church. Other of you are going, oh, my God, I love Pastor Bobby. He's a crazy guy, man. He's a crazy guy. <laughs> Come to my church. He's funny, and he looks like a wrestler. <laughs> Titan, whatever, Titan, whatever. So Ruth was given the right advice. David, David would have never learned the culture of the kingdom and been protected had he not had a Jonathan. i got to move on. Mary and Joseph, listen, what a man Joseph was. Let's just be honest. What a man. He, he was a great man. He, he wasn't the father of Jesus, but he was a great man because Joseph had the responsibility of accepting the miraculous impregnation of Mary, the immaculate conception, the, the miracle conception, and they weren't even married yet, yet she was with child, and Joseph had to say, okay, this is, my, this is my partner, and go through the scrutiny, if there was any at all, of being misunderstood. What a man. Your partner, your prayer partner, the person that you have an agreement with in your life, the people that you allow into your circle have to accept you wholeheartedly with the good and the bad and will love you through thick and thin, better for worse. And they will respect you and love you and accept you even when you're going through trials. And they also will believe when God does a miracle and won't second guess it. You need someone in your life. You need a Joseph, a Joseph who's going to, who who, who's going to accept you because you do love God and God's given you uh, God's giving you a, a seed of promise, and you got to go through the full nine months. And listen, hell would love to abort that promise, but I prophesy and say you're going to carry full term. You're going to carry full term in your promise, and God's going to protect that promise, and you will see it come to pass. But you got to produce and travail in prayer until that promise is birthed. You need a Joseph. Peter and John, they went to the, to the church in the hour of prayer, and when they were in agreement with each other, and he had a prayer partner, that prayer partner, they both got to experience a lame man outside the gate called Beautiful, and they saw God's miracle working power. And not only did they see the miracle power together, they were persecuted together. And they stood side by side. Paul and Silas... They were in prison together when you're in trouble with someone and they will agree no matter what the circumstance, I'm going to carry your burden with you. It may not be my problem, but when it becomes your problem, it becomes my problem. How many of you are hearing me here today? That's what a true partner does. That's what a prayer partner does. You need to find a prayer partner who will carry your burdens with you and say, you know what, you're in trouble. I know you didn't mean for this to happen. It doesn't matter if you did. It doesn't matter if you didn't. It, I don't care, but I'm going to pray with you. I'm going to believe with you. If it's bothering you, it bothers me. I'm going to tell you something. Sometimes I can be very mafioso. I can be because I'm so loyal in my friendships. If, you, if we're not friends anymore, it's because you left me. I didn't ever left you. I'm going to stay with you. I'm going to love you. I don't care what people say about you. I don't care what your past is like. If you and I are in agreement together and you're a part of this church and you love God, you don't have to be perfect, but you just have to simply be loved and you are loved. You're loved. I'm not ashamed to be around anybody if they love Jesus and trying to do the right thing. I'm not talking about people that have it all together. I'm talking about people that want to have it together but are on the journey. We're going to be here for you. We're going to embrace you. We're going to accept you. We're going to wait till you mature in Christ. We're going to be patient and know that God is still working on you and developing you. We're not going to judge anybody. We're not going to down anyone because maybe you've got some hangups in your life. All I'm going to do is wait and pray that God will show you that he was hung up for your hangups. 
You can't talk about somebody you pray for. Woo! Boy, that's some good stuff right there, son. You cannot gossip or talk about anybody you pray for because you prayed too many prayers for them. I'm getting off track. Let me finish up with Paul and Silas. They were in prison, and they decided that they were going to have a prayer meeting and that they were going to worship. Guess what happened? They started to worship. They started to pray, and guess what happened? An angel of the Lord came, and the foundations were shook, and then the prison doors got open, and then the angel of the Lord opened the doors for them, and they walked right out. You need somebody in your life that has tenacity and isn't afraid to worship the Lord. How many worshipers do we have here this Sunday morning? Come on. Lift up your hands. Give God some praise. Thank you for listening to the Covenant Life Center podcast. If you enjoyed today's message, then subscribe and follow us on social media at CLC Victoria. Connect with us by visiting our website, clcvictoria.org.